Welcome to this message from Liberty Church, Thetford. Into the unknown. Into the unknown. Into the unknown. Who's with me and Dwayne was robbed then? You know what it was? I think most of the blokes sounded like they voted for Dwayne. It's more of a, yeah! But the women screaming cuts through the air far better, doesn't it? Because it, it, no, just by physics, it does actually, a higher pitch does cut through further, more directional. So the stage felt that, that was a win for me, Do I? They had like a windowy door in it, a man hanging. Have you done the risk assessment? Done the risk assessment, that's good. That's cool. So into the unknown week three-ish. We've done one before uh, in December week four, but I think I'm going to wrap it up today because I'm hoping that the building stuff goes through and I can give you some information on that next week. So that's what I'm hoping. So just so you're aware, we've been using a little bit of scripture from Jeremiah 29, 11, using this little bit of scripture saying, for I know, and it's talking about God saying this, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. So I'm going to really recap real quickly some of the points I've brought up over the last few weeks. First one is that you can go into the unknown with fear or with excitement. Sometimes we go in with both. Some of you heard last week that we are now uh, expecting our fourth child. And so we're going into the unknown with that. And uh, I'm more on the excited end of the spectrum. I think Steph at the minute is still more on the fear end of the spectrum, but that's a journey to walk through. We can go into any unknown with fear or with excitement. And we can get to choose, I think, sometimes and be purposeful with it. The second thing was our purpose is often hidden in the unknown. Our very purpose of what God wants for us for our life is often hidden in the unknown, unknown to us. And we have to sometimes venture out into it to walk it out. And then as Matt just alluded to that uh, a couple of weeks ago, I said about prepare for the unknown. And that, like I said, sounds like a bit like an oxymoron. Like how do you prepare for something that is unknown? But just doing everything you can, that you can tick off your boxes that is humanly possible for you to do in your power, for you to take authority over your life. You can prepare for the unknown. And then I said last week, sometimes we have to step in to the unknown. And if you're a Christian, you might use the language of, or take a, take a step out, a step out in faith. That you would step out into the unknown in a direction you don't even know anything about, but you're doing it with faith. Just believing God's got your back and he knows what's going on. So sometimes we can prepare for the unknown before we step out. And then at some point we have to step in to the unknown and step out in faith. And I use the, the uh, scripture from uh, in Genesis with Abraham when God basically said to him, the Lord has said to Abraham, Abraham later, go from your country, your people and your father's household to a land I will show you. And it says in Hebrews later that he had no idea where that was. Just God said, I want you to go somewhere and then I'm going to tell you where it is later on. Off you go. Talk about stepping out in faith. And the whole Jewish and Christian I don't, again, I don't use the word religion, but we will for time's sake today. The whole Jewish and Christian religion stems from one dude, one man, doing what God told him to do, stepping out in faith without an idea of what was going on ahead of him. He didn't have a clue how it was going to work out, where, why, or when. And I asked you last week, and I finished off by saying and challenging each of us, what step of faith has God called you to? that you're perhaps unwilling to step out in because you don't know the destination. Because the destination is unknown and you don't know how it's going to play out. And so maybe you're a bit like me naturally and you like to plan and know the destination before you do anything. You like to have all your, all your ducks in a row. You want everything 
formed before you would step out. And then really it's not a step of faith, it's just walking. (laughs) And so perhaps you're naturally like me and, and it's harder for you to take a step out in faith when you don't know anything of the detail about how it's going to pan out in the future. And this is the essence of the Christian lifestyle. Maybe you're new to church, uh, or maybe you know, you've been a few times, maybe you, you think there's something out there, but you're not entirely sure what it is. But the, the essence of the Christian lifestyle, when you get down to it, is walking by faith. And there's a lovely scripture in Corinthians, the Apostle Paul wrote that says, for we live or walk by faith in some translation, not by sight, not by what we see, not by what we can plan, not by our own strength, but we walk by faith. Every step is walking by faith. And so let's get into this week. This week, like Matt just said, we stepped out in faith. We stepped out in faith and said, we're going to put an offer on a building. And there's so many problems and hurdles and things that we have to overcome that you haven't got to be involved in. I have to carry that burden. That's cool. But there are so many things we have to overcome. And there's so many unknowns, just a ridiculous level of unknowns with it. But this week, we we took a step out in faith. Now, I'll be honest with you. I thought I'd have some sort of reciprocal response to be able to get my teeth into. But it's like God knew. He's just like, no, I'm just going to let you dangle. Just going to let you dangle. You've been talking about being comfortable and excited about the unknown. I'm not going to tell you anything. So which obviously my personality type dealt with really well. And so I haven't really slept. And so, but we've put an offer in on a building and we're waiting here back. Hopefully we're here back Monday, but who knows. But we got, I showed you some pictures of it last week. It's just a shell of a building like we've had before. And this is just one side of the building. uh, Just just an industrial shell that we'll just kit out and make look great. And some of you don't have that sort of mind where you can picture that sort of stuff. Don't worry. If we get an offer accepted next week, I'll show you what it will look like uh, through the magic of software. And so next picture. Just so you can get an idea, lovely little heating system. This one's just Kaylee at the back's uh, personal heating system uh, to keep her warm. She's always, always cold. Uh, next slide. Uh, some office space, which is uh, nice and horrible. And the roller shutters keep the kids in. And last one at the back there. And the bars to keep the kids out because it's on a rough estate. So, <laughs> hey, we like rough. And so we're awaiting... Uh, an answer for that. So we are, we are, we've stepped out in faith and now we're on the journey of the unknown and who knows what will happen with that. But we are prepared as best we can for the unknown. We've been preparing. Many of you have been preparing through that, through giving into our building fund. But I've been preparing the background just in case because at any point it could just be a no. But I've been preparing lots of time with regards to mortgage applications, with grants, with planning permission, with demolition because there's bits of it that we'd knock down and rebuild, uh, with the heating, with the accountants, with tax law, with charity law, with lease law, all that sort of stuff. Has, all that work's been going on. I've been preparing for the unknown. And then we took a step of faith and now we're just waiting. And I want to be really clear. I'm happy. Happy's maybe the wrong word. I'm, I'm happy if this is not the building for us that God would shut the doors because it's a lot of work. <laughs> just being selfish, honestly. But if it's not for us, if it's not where we're supposed to be, if it's not our home, if it's not our promised land, I'm happy for the door to be shut. You know, my prayer and our leadership's prayer is his will be done. Not us just trying to force something through because we just want somewhere to be. We want his will to be, 
to be done. And if it's not God's will, he'll change the course. Even if we're pushing the doors and knocking the doors and taking steps of faith, he will change our course. God can change your course if you're going in the wrong direction. Even if it takes a whale to swallow you up, swim you in the other direction and spit you out. And so I'm cool with that, but I'm excited about going into the unknown with you guys. And so today I want to talk about something very specific. <laughs> Are you drinking the baby's juice, Josh, at the back? <laughs> Oh, sorry, he's drinking a juice. I thought he was drinking out of a baby's bottle. Now, I've never been distracted, I don't think, by someone in, in a congregation before. It's just this new dad brain, I'm thinking, you know, I've got to get bottles. And so, um, sorry to highlight you there. Actually, I'm not, it was funny. But today I want to talk about something really specific. That when you've taken a step into the unknown, and, and you would have done that hundreds of times in your life, no doubt, unless you're terrified and never do it. But you've probably taken lots of steps into the unknown. Maybe recently you've been doing it. Maybe you've just started coming to church or you've just ventured out in some area of your life and you're stepped out into the unknown. And the unknown is slowly being revealed to you of where you're heading or where it's going to be or what things look like. When the unknown becomes known. So you've taken a step of faith and all of a sudden the, what was unknown is becoming known to you. You're getting information, you're experiencing things, you're seeing what the end result might be like, you're seeing where the destination might be. And you don't get it. And what I mean by that is you don't, you're like, what? You're like, I, I, yeah. I know the unknown was like, I didn't know, but this is not what I want. This is not what I expected, this is not what I planned for, this is not my desire. God, what is going on? <laughs> or... Some of you might ask politely to God instead of screaming at him, why? <laughs> when you've taken a step of faith and the unknown is becoming known to you and it's like, what is going on? Why this doesn't make any sense to me? Has anyone ever been in any part of their life where they've done that and you just haven't got a clue? It's just me. Rest of you, no, maybe most of the room, where you just don't get it. You don't, you don't get it. You haven't arrived fully at your destination. Maybe you're even at your destination and you still don't get it. <laughs> you still don't get Why? What do you do with that? What do you do with that when you just don't get it, when you don't understand? And maybe you're wired like me and you love to understand the details of anything. And if you read anything about anything in the world and you don't understand it, you're intrigued and need to and want to and desire to understand something. And I'm a bit like that. And so when it's our life and God's doing something with our purpose and we don't get it, some of us really struggle with it. Maybe you're like me. You know, a great example is like... Steph being pregnant with our fourth. Was, and, and some of you are like, you probably think I'm going to go in the other direction. But I was, <laughs> it was a surprise. It was a surprise. It was like, what? And you might think, well, why such a shock? You know, why such a shock? Well, am I right to tell people this, by the way? That's right. Should have checked that before. It's because, why the shock? It's because some time ago, Steph decided she didn't want any more children. And she's like, no more children, I'm done. They're so difficult, I can't keep up with them. And uh, where I was, I'm more like, I could have a few more and we can have a rugby team. And so there was that sort of um, imbalance of, you know, we got her away. And so what happened was, Steph then decided, you need to go and get things sorted out, if you know what I mean. And I'm like, but I feel like we're going to have another baby I'm like, I can feel like we're in my spirit I want it's not like I wanted four it's just like I feel like we're going to have four and so actually it took a long time but in December 
Steph got sterilised. Because I was like, I ain't going because I want another baby. <laughs> and I think we're going to have another baby, so no. So Steph was like, shove you then, I'm going to get sterilised. And so she was sterilised in December. <laughs> and so, so you can imagine the shock then that we're pregnant. And so, and it's not me who's pregnant, by the way. <laughs> it's not the way, it hasn't happened. But, so why... The shock for me and me struggling with the whys and the unknowns for me was actually after, it was before we found out we were pregnant. It was after surgery, we were back in hospital and Steph had to go back in hospital because there were complications because of it. Probably we understand why now. But there were complications and, and I was sat in the, the little chair at the side, you know, because the patient gets to bed and lays down, you know. And you get the hard plastic chair in a hot room. God, it didn't even bring me any tea or coffee or anything. <laughs> just joking <laughs> I wanted a cold drink it was too hot so but I, honestly I was, I was all glum and sad and, in my, and I'm not usually like that I was just sort of sat down like mm. and I was with God I, I don't get it I was I was like I don't get it because in my spirit I was like we were, I always thought we were going to have four kids even though I wasn't it wasn't a big desire it wasn't something I would really push but it was just something that was in me that I was like I felt it was going that way and would happen, and, and I, was, I just sat there like, and she said, what's the matter? And so I told her, I was like, I always thought, I don't know why, call me stupid, but I always thought we were going to have four, even though I knew you didn't want it, I just thought it would happen somehow. And uh, <laughs> I always get my way. <laughs> but, I, but honestly, I didn't, I didn't get it, and I was sad, and I was, and I was really like, God, I don't get it. And... Um, and I was, because I was, if I'm honest, I was questioning myself because I felt it was like a spiritual thing as opposed to just a desire thing. And so I was questioning myself, like, why would you allow me to sort of walk in that known, if you like, if it was never going to be the case and it was different? And so when the unknown becomes known, like in that moment for me, the known was, it's not happening. And so that known became known and I didn't like it because it was never going to happen. And I was like, oh, that feels, I felt sad that, that the known has become a reality that we would never have anymore. And, and so I just had to just trust him. Just like, obviously, I got it wrong or, you know, I just have to trust you, you, you know what you're doing. And then a few days later, boom! <laughs> three pregnancy tests. <laughs> she checked once, twice, three times. And uh, so we were pregnant, and so it was a big, big shock. You know, I was shocked, but then I was like, yee And then I was like, you cheeky, you're just having me on. But at the same time, Steph then had the same journey because of a desire in her to, you know, get some time back and have a life. <laughs> and now, just a joke. But, and so Steph had that same thing going on a few weeks later but at the opposite end of the spectrum because it wasn't in her plan you know it wasn't in her plan and in fact when I met Steph guess how many kids she wanted <laughs> zero <laughs> and then we had one and then she only wanted one and then we had two she only wanted two and then we had three <laughs> in fact she said to me on the couch last night I was like do you think it's going to be a boy or do we go and I don't know what do you want would you want it to be a boy and she went I don't know I want both I was like, twins! Five. Got room in the car. Got room in the car. <laughs> but obviously, Steph, 
got sterilized, thought that was our path, just her plan was that was what we were going to do. And so when we found out, she was like, what? Just, and I don't get it. I don't get it. This isn't what I wanted. And often what we want and what God has for us is very different. It's not what I expected, she would have said, or, or preferred. It wouldn't have been my way because it's difficult and it's hard leading the church and lots of kids and doing food. It's hard and so not knowing how that's going to pan out. And being, you know, I think in some ways, I think she preferred when she didn't know because ignorance is bliss sometimes, isn't it? When you don't know what the future holds, at least you can make up your own version of it and hold on to it with hope. But when things are becoming clear and the unknown has become known that number four is on the way, all of a sudden thinking, how am I going to deal with that? That known now, I don't, not necessarily like, but I don't know how I'm going to walk that out. And sometimes I do think God doesn't reveal stuff to us because he knows we would never agree to take that step in the first place towards whatever it is, because we might resist it. But honestly, after the shock, and it was very quick, actually, after the shock and the whys and the whats from, you know, Steph said, you know, I just got to trust him. I just got to trust him that he knows what he's doing. This is his plan. And uh, it reminded me of Proverbs 16:9 that says, you know, in their hearts, humans plan their course but the Lord establishes their steps. You know, we can have a plan, and it can even look a good plan. It can even have great motives behind it, but God's sometimes like, that's not for you. That's just what you want, and I've got a different path for you. And so as you start stepping out, I'm going to direct and establish the steps. And if you're stepping this way and he has to redirect you, that's what sometimes happens. And so I want to say when the unknown becomes known and you don't like it, or don't get it, and reality's kicking in, and you're thinking, oh no, and you don't get why, and you're asking why God, understand that he knows best. Understand, you've got to just understand that, and acknowledge that, that he knows best. He knows more than you. <laughs> and he knows the plan. Just like that scripture says in Jeremiah, he knows the plan he has for you. And you might have your own plan. And if you're like me, you've got your life planned out until your death. You know, I'll even plan my, you know, what songs I'd have at my funeral. <laughs> I love planning life. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy that principle. But, but that's my plan where God's got plans for me and God's got plans for you. Even if you don't believe that right now, he does. And I want you to understand that he knows the plan. Like it says, for I know the plans I have for you that give you a future and a hope. And I want you to think about, if you read the Bible at all, if you've been in church any length of time, or know any Bible stories from your childhood, that one about Abraham of setting out for a country he didn't know is a great one, but it's just full of them. You know, someone like Noah, poor old Noah. Well, Noah was our, our boy's name, number four. It's been kicked off the table now because there's so many Noahs around. Someone's fault in here. Lost my name. So with, um, I've gone for Hulk. Hercules, great baby name. It's going to be great. He can do lift lots of things up because that's how it works, isn't it? You name them and they, they turn into it. And so this dude Noah, imagine the dude Noah from the Bible that God's like, I want you to build a boat. Oh, lovely, going fishing? No, it's going to rain. Noah's going to be like, what's rain? Lives out, it don't rain here. I don't get it. It's going to rain lots. And you can think, you know, he must have gone to a weatherman. That's what I'd have done. Right. Is there going to be some sort of water falling from the sky around here? Lots of it. And they'd be like, no, that doesn't happen around here. And imagine the unknown of that, of being told to do something that makes absolutely no sense. 
I mean, no sense. It's like the opposite of sense, illogical. And sometimes it's happened in my life and recently it's happened in my life to say, take a step this way and you, you, the unknown becomes known. It's like, this makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> but Noah trusted and done things in faith. His actions were in faith, even though he had no idea really what was going on. He had the specs of everything, but didn't know the end game, didn't know the destination, didn't have foresight of everything that was going to happen. You think about Moses when he, he ran away from Egypt after you know, killing someone and, and, and was confronted by God essentially, who said to him, right, you've got to go back and free all my people. I want you to go to Pharaoh, sort it out. And he obeyed and confronted Pharaoh, even though his first response and question was, why me? Not me? I can't do that. You've got it wrong. Get someone, I can't even talk properly, were his words essentially. You've got the wrong guy. And he didn't understand why, but God knew the plan he had for him. He knew that he'd got the people around him and everything that was required for that to go ahead and happen. And Moses had to step out in faith. And when the known, then the unknown became known, and it, was, it must have been terrifying. Imagine going up to the flipping king of the world, essentially, and go, right, do what I say. That must be terrifying. The closer you got to Egypt, the unknown become more known. And yet he'd done it. He trusted God. He knew God knew the plan. The same with Joshua. I want you to think about Joshua, the one after Moses, essentially, who then led the people into the promised land. I want you to think about this. He, he led the people from, over, from this side of the Jordan. This is the Jordan here, obviously. He led them across the Jordan, a big river in flood season. And what he had to do was, essentially, they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant and they stepped into the water. And it says in, in Scripture that way upstream, the water started backing up. So it diverted somewhere and flooded somewhere else. Bless them. <laughs> but so the water stopped and then the whole community of people, millions of people were able to cross over into the promised land. But what I find funny is that he had to step in. He had to take a step of faith. And at that point was probably a little unknown. Why? Because what happened before just a generation ago and Joshua would have, would have known about this and a witness this is that Moses, when he parted the sea and they'd done something very similar, didn't even step in, just held a staff up. And the, the waters parted and said, so like, to, to Joshua, this is unknown territory. And some of you are like, I'd step in it, it'd be all right, I can swim, you know. But it was a completely unknown. And imagine stepping in and going, the waters aren't parting. I want you to think about this. You've just led millions of people. God's told me we're going across. And you go, boom, still running. How do I explain this? <laughs> Caleb, <laughs> the wars aren't stopping. What's going on? That, that moment, that unknown of like, I ain't got a clue what's going on. I'm just following God. But God knows what I've planned. I've planned it slightly different than before. Just to mess with you. Does that. And he had to do that. He had to trust that God knew the plan and what was going to happen. You've got to think about Joseph when he was sold by his brothers the youngest brother you know at the time it was a little bit you know annoying look at my coat look at my coat you know he's a bit of an annoying kid and his brother sold him into slavery and then he went into Potiphar's house and falsely accused of rape and then put into prison you can imagine as someone who loved God and wanted to do everything God wanted him to do would be in prison going what the f what he must have been honest like I was like what for wow and that's what I wanted <laughs> But imagine being in prison and being like, why on earth? This makes no sense. This known now, this reality that I'm living in of being here indefinitely, it would seem to him, makes absolutely no sense to me. 
And yet God knew the plan that was exactly what was required to get him to his position to be the second most powerful person in the world to save millions of people's lives through storing up food for when a famine came. It was the only way it was going to happen and God knew it. And at the time, he must have had to, but he didn't have much choice, trusting God and know that he had the plan worked out beforehand. There's hundreds of examples in the Bible, hundreds and hundreds, and even just with the disciples, where Jesus done something. Jesus would do a little thing, you know, do a little miracle or say something or go somewhere, and the disciples would go, huh? They would be like, and it even says in Scripture, and the disciples didn't understand. And it's, I don't know if they were just really stupid, you know, just following Jesus. It wasn't like that. It's because the thing that he didn't, didn't make sense to them at the time. It didn't make any sense. And so when the unknown, he'd go and start doing something, it suddenly became known and he'd complete that thing. They'd be like, I don't get it. Why has he done that? Why is this happening? And it happens so often. And we'll just quickly read from Luke 18, 31 to 34. It says this. It says, Jesus took the 12 aside and told them, we are going up to Jerusalem. So this is getting near the end. And it says this. And everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him, and they will flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. Or was he talking about himself? What was going to happen? And it says the disciples did not understand any of this. They didn't get any of it because this guy, who was going to be the king and savior of the world, they thought it was going to happen through some sort of political system, perhaps, and he'd become king and powerful. And Jesus is saying, no, that's not happening. I'm going to go and I'm going to be the bottom of the bottom. I'm going to be beaten to the point you can't even recognize me, boys. I'm going to be insulted, mocked. I'm going to be hung on a cross. I'm going to die. But three days later, I'm coming back. We're going to have fish and chips on the beach. It's going to be awesome. And they didn't, it didn't make any sense to them. And it makes sense to us because we know the story. Looking back, we know the ending. And it's so cool. We know the ending. It's easy. You read it from the beginning and it makes sense. But to these guys, this wouldn't have made sense. You know, imagine me saying, okay, guys, next week, you know, even if we get the building stuff, we're not going to do a presentation on what it's going to look like and, the, and what we're going to do. But someone's going to grab me whilst I'm speaking on stage. Good luck. They're going to beat me up. They're going to execute me in King Street. Most of you will be like, I don't really get what he's talking about. Is, he jo- is it a joke? He jokes a lot. Is he joking? Is it a prophetic thing? Is he just... Most of you will be like, that's weird. I ain't coming back next week. That's just weird. Others of you would make sure you were definitely here. Some of you would bring popcorn. <laughs> we spar a bit and he gets hit a lot in the head. I don't get hit. So he'd, he'd have popcorn. He'd, be the ju- he'd sell me. This one. He'd add some silver just to see me beaten up. It, it intervened, obviously, when it got near the end. <laughs> but the, the disciples didn't understand. It was, no, it, was, it was unknown to them. They didn't understand. They didn't get it. And as he started telling them, this is what's going to happen, he made the unknown known to them. He told them what was going to happen, and they still didn't get it. They still didn't understand. But they had to, like we said, they had to trust him, and they had to not understand that he knew the plan, that he knows the plan. They just had, because they didn't suddenly all go, no way, we're not going. They carried on following him. They carried on this path with Jesus. They trusted in him and they trusted he knew the plan, even though they didn't understand. And some of you would struggle with that. I think maybe I would. When I'd, I'd want to meet him with Jesus. Now explain to me all the reasons behind this and then I might be able to follow. <laughs> in uh, John 12, 12, it says this, uh, the next uh, day, the, the, the great, uh, excuse me, the next day, the great crowd that had come from the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. 
They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. It says this, that Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it as it was written. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. It's all the prophetic stuff that was coming to pass. And it says this, at first, his disciples did not understand all this. They didn't get, he's like, what? What are you getting on a donkey now for? We walked all this way and now you get on a donkey. What's going on with all the branches and the flag waving? What's going on? They didn't understand. They didn't understand what was going on. And it says this, at first, his disciples did not understand all this. Check this. Only after Jesus was glorified, I, he, was, he was beaten, hung on a cross, died, come back to life. Everything was finished and done. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about and that these things had been done to him. It wasn't until the end of the story that they understood the reasons for it. It wasn't until they'd fi- the finished chapter and then they looked back and then went, ah... It wasn't until they started writing some of their accounts down. And it's like, oh, do you remember that thing he did and said? Oh, how did I not get that? (laughs) Only after it was completed, after he'd bled out and died and was resurrected and had fish and chips on the beach, did they get it? And so I want to say for you guys who stepped out in faith in something and you're just, you're world at them and it just doesn't make any sense and you're like, why? And you don't understand. I want to perhaps give you this helpful advice sometimes we won't get it until the end sometimes we won't get it until the end and let's say that to the extreme that might be in heaven (laughs) but even just to the end of your situation that you're stepping out and walking out in life sometimes you will not get it until the end until it's all complete until you can look back and think ah now that makes sense you can look up and say I'm sorry (laughs) that made sense now And maybe you're in a journey where you're not there yet and you're still in the, I don't get it yet. But sometimes you won't get it until the end. Like a great movie. It's got a twist at the end. Who loves a movie where there's a twist at the end you didn't see coming? Some of you hate that because you want some some boring plot that's in every movie and you just, you know, that's that's what people generate. People, it sells, people like, but me, I'm like, I I want something to happen I did not see coming. And the reason I'm like that is because I love also guessing the ends of movies. And these two, my, my wife and my mother-in-law, hate me because I'll be watching a movie 12 minutes in, I'll be like, he done it. Oh, you always ruin it. That was mother-in-law. <laughs> or I'll be like, um, he's a robot. Oh, how do you know? How did you work that out? I just can tell. Tell by the eyes, no soul. But I'll work out the endings. You know, I'll be like, you know, Vader's his father. You know, I could just, I love doing it and I love, I love doing it and I get satisfaction when I'm right. But what I love even more is when I haven't worked it out, but it's a great twist, not some illogical one that doesn't make any sense that no one could have guessed. I like one that you could have worked out, but I didn't. That's what I love when it gets me. I love that in a movie. I hate it in real life. Love it in a movie, but hate it in real life. When I can't work it out, I hate that. I want to have control. I want to know. (laughs) Sometimes it's not until we reach the destination, whatever that is in life, that we understand what God was doing and why that path. And until then, we just have to trust him and know that he knows the plan and essentially follow 
where he leads is just to be in step, be led by the Spirit of God that lives inside of you. If you've given your heart to Jesus and He's your Savior, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. And you have to just keep in step with that Spirit, stepping out when prompted to, even if it makes no sense to you. And when you step out and it still makes no sense to you, carry on stepping. And when you carry on stepping, when the unknown becomes known to you and you still don't like it, is to carry on following where He leads follow him into the unknown i'm gonna finish with this matthew 4 8 and 20 says this jesus calls his first disciples and this is a pattern that happened when jesus told people to follow him it says this as jesus was walking beside the sea of galilee he saw two brothers simon who he then later called peter and his brother andrew they were casting a net into the lake and that's a hard job to do for they were fishermen and check this it says this come follow me jesus said didn't, no PowerPoint presentation, no package of, you know, what they get. Just come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. And check this out. Verse 20, at once they left their nets and followed him. They followed him even though they had no idea what was ahead of them. They left everything that was dear to them, their business, everything of value to them. And their world and friends and family to follow him. They followed him into the un. No, what a step of faith. What a step of faith. What trust and what understanding right off the bat that he knows the plan. And the Bible tells us that they followed him where he led until the very end. They followed him into the unknown. And I ask you, and I ask myself, but I ask you today, will you too? Let's pray. Father, we just... Thank you for this challenging message of stepping out in faith. Lord, so many of us like to have the plans and we have our own plans. And sometimes we get disappointed when our own plans don't work out. But Lord, we, we need to understand that you know the plans for us, plans that give us a future and a hope. And we have to, as difficult it is sometimes, is just to trust in you and take a step of faith when you've nudged us to step somewhere, is to step in faith out in that area. And Lord, when the unknown becomes known to us and we don't like what we're seeing or we don't understand what we're seeing, that we will just sit on the, the fact that you have got the plans, that you know the plans. So help us do that. And as that, that path or career move or family move or whatever it is in our world that we're walking out in the unknown at the minute, as we get closer and closer to the destination and it might become more difficult or more wise and questions opened up that we would just follow where you lead that just like the disciples who followed Jesus to the very end that we would follow where you lead to the very end the very end in our personal circumstance for that thing that we're walking out at the time but the very end of our life that we would follow you where you lead until the very end to help us do that as we keep in step with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Liberty Church Thetford. To find out more about Liberty, check out our website at www.libertycentre.org.uk or search for Liberty Church Thetford on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or YouTube.